podcast listeners, we're back, we're back, we're back with another great episode, hanging out with Chloe Dremel. Chloe is just a joy and amazing to hang out with. Chloe is one of the original employees for Snapchat. Yeah, Snapchat. And the cool thing is about her story is she actually wasn't even trying to go work for that company. It was sort of an accident. And she just fell in love with the product and fell in love with you know what Snapchat could, could do and could be and uh, ended up getting a job and rode the wave of Snapchat's growth and had a lot of influence. But now she is uh, currently the founder and CEO of Yanni Circle, which is a uh, community that heals and connects through storytelling and does so to impact women around the world. And I just was blown away by her ability to come alongside people and help story, help listen, help you know, just join somebody's journey and now doing so with a SaaS company that's growing rapidly as well too. So Chloe, thank you so much for being a guest in this episode. Thank you so much for your heart. Thank you so much for all that you do. And I hope everybody enjoys this episode as much as I did. Chloe, thank you for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you for having me. So we're both, you know, tragically, number one, we're not in person recording in some awesome studio, but we're both sitting inside, hopefully a warm house, staring at some snow. You're in New York right now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in I'm in New York and it's it's light flurries that I've been told is about to turn to slush. But I am <laughs> I am warm in my apartment and that that is fine. That's all that matters. I'm uh so I, I, I enjoy snow. It's pretty. The cold is not that bad, but the slush is what's like get me out of here. I once it turns to gray and slushy and it's just everything's just wet. No thanks. No thank you. Yeah, I would say I hate the cold. And I <laughs> so I recently moved to New York and I, I You did I, not I, share the same opinion I do. <laughs> yeah, no. I I hate it. I you know, it started to drop and really felt like 28 degrees, which I know for some people is like really not that low this past weekend and I I just am sitting here like why did I move from sunny LA again? Um but I do really like the snow. So when it snows, I'm like, okay, I get to see snow. It's so beautiful. I'm fine with the cold, but when it's just cold and windy and you you really don't want to leave your home and especially being in a pandemic when you can't really be inside in other places I'm not a fan but it's okay it's a journey I'm learning <laughs> character growing character growing that's exactly. right <laughs> so give me give me the lowdown obviously you've hinted at a, a a sprint in LA and California but give me give me give me the little life background yeah, so I was in, so I grew up in Connecticut and I went to college in Connecticut. So I, I was, I was raised in the cold, but a big, on top of a job pulling me out to LA, I was very much dreaming of the sunshine after spending my time in the cold. So I went to LA because I, I was the 14th employee of Snapchat. So that really what, what pulled me out to LA and I was there for seven years and kind of, you know, quick background of my time at Snap. I first year, you know, wear of all hats, startup, you just you just did what you could do to help the company grow. And then after that first year, I helped to create and I ultimately ran the R Story product for them. And I built it out from myself to a team of 80 and we had, you know, global stories, 24-7 campus, college campus stories, local stories, um, garnering like a ton of views. And 
Also, I, should I just like, do you want me to explain? Are you familiar with the R Story product? Um, I am, but I think probably audience would be maybe, maybe, maybe just brief snippet on it. A brief Absolutely. snapshot. Yeah, exactly. So our story product. <laughs> how many? Is, I gotta ask real quick. How many? How many times have somebody made the snapshot joke? All the time. I think you're the first. Are you kidding <laughs> me? I really had like, like maybe I don't think so. I really don't think so. I've heard that before. I'm kind of disappointed in humanity <laughs> for that. Humanity. Is that? I, I like. I don't get me wrong. I'm a I'm a dad joke fanatic. Like I, I enjoy them. I have like. I have like the dad joke little book, like sitting on top of my toilet, you know, for, you know, light reading, but I'm a huge fan of any pun related stuff. But even that one, I was like, that's just a bad joke. I can't believe that's not been made before. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, hey, I, will, I will take, make a snapshot of the R story product. So, yeah, um, so yeah, so we would geofence a location. So think a music festival, a city or a cultural festival um, or, you know, an event like New Year's Eve. And so if you were in that location that we were geofencing, you had as a user, you had a new option to add a snap to our story. So our Coachella story, our Dubai story, our New, Year- new Year's Eve story. So all of those snaps would come to us like sitting at our computer in LA. And so many times we would have, you know, hundreds of thousands of snaps, especially for something like New Year's Eve. And we would take those snaps and we would curate them into a five minute, multi-perspective, diverse narrative of the event. Um, And so that, product I was I was some could say too attached to I put all my creative energy towards this product and I really loved it and it kind of taught me two things that ultimately led to what I'm doing now one is I had such a luxury of being firsthand to really see how connected humanity is and to view all these snaps coming from all over the world in all these different languages and just see the connections between the emotions of people. And in turn, when we would curate these stories and just see the reactions from Twitter, and you know, many of these stories are getting 40 million views, so we have our Twitter reactions up. And just seeing how putting these narratives together help people connect, help people really connect to these other places of the world. And so that was really important to me. And then the other thing, obviously, that taught me is just how to actually you know, create a product and scale a user generated content product. Um, And then, so I did that for two years, built the product out, ran it. And I was a little bit out of the blue in my perspective, um, but probably not. I was sat down and I was replaced by three guys to take over the position. And in that time, I felt, I felt very alone. I felt um, I didn't, I was 24, 25 at the time, maybe 25. And I didn't really have a lot of like friends to turn to that could really relate to what I was going through, which just made me feel really alone and kind of scared of like what was next and, and, you know, what I could create again. But luckily, really universe, I guess, or whatever it is, um, I found myself in these intimate conversations with women that were older than me further along in their career who luckily enough for me told me very vulnerable stories and told me stories of their past and was able so i could realize very quickly i was definitely not alone in my story Um, and their stories inspired me to rewrite 
my ending or rewrite my next chapter in the way that they had. And so it was really this combination of like the R story product and building it and really learning that stories connect us. And then really firsthand seeing how stories can heal us that ultimately led me to building out Yoni Circle, which is where I am today. And, you know, in between at Snap, I also, you know, did a bunch of other creative products and I built out the internal group, the internal women's group for them, and then ultimately run ran women's initiatives. I obviously kept getting more passionate about women in the workplace. Um, and then that led me to Yoni Circle, which is a, a new type of social wellness app that heals and connects women through storytelling. And I will say we will be for everyone eventually. And I care deeply about that, but we're just starting with those that identify as a woman. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, number one, thanks for sharing the whole, the whole story. Um, on the, uh, on the R circle piece, was that, um, was that just a kind of an offshoot idea in a, a boardroom one day that all of a sudden you were tasked with to take over? Or was that something you sort of had the vision of wanting to launch? I guess what was sort of the adolescent, starting of that, obviously, whatever you're comfortable or allowed to share, but what was sort of the adolescent idea behind that? Yeah, no, I, it, it's kind of to the the first point, it was um, an idea that was very much handed to me. It like the idea started really with just this idea that you could geofence content, you know, that we could get this content. And then it was really Chloe, what do you think we should do with this content? And at the time, and this happens at like most startups, like you're just, you're creating these features very quickly and you just kind of need to pull someone in that you think can do it. And at the time I was very active Snapchatter um, and I was a very active story person, storying on Snapchat. Um, and so, I mean, Evan kind of just like handed it to me and I kept doing it and we kept riffing on on what these stories meant and and where they could go and i just kind of took it and ran with it i love that i i, I don't know how much you know about my background but i i have a video interviewing uh tech startup yep right I now saw that. Mm -hmm. and uh i know firsthand on somebody who sometimes will swoop into the room and say we need to build out this and it's drop everything else. And it's important, which I'm not proud of that leadership quality, but being an ideas guy, it certainly happens at times. And then there's some times where it's like super thoughtful, put it on the roadmap, make it happen. And that's like one out of 20. But most of the time it's like, this is an idea, just roll with it and let's just get it done. And that's probably 18 out of 20 of them, how, how, how features can put into place. Absolutely. Uh like absolutely i mean and it's yeah. especially at in the beginning phases and i mean especially now with yoni circle there's just that mix of you know you have this product roadmap and i think you you still do eventually get to those very thoughtful products except you <laughs> maybe get to them in in a different way than you thought you were going to and all of a sudden you're like hey we gotta or you know either one oh wow this is spiking we got to put more energy and more thought into this because it's working naturally or be like, Ooh, this thing isn't quite right. Uh, we've got to like now, like actually I'm in a product sprint right now as we speak. And it really came from uh, seeing some numbers and quickly kind of being like, how can we get something out in a week that works and is testing a 
hypothesis. And so now we're in a product sprint. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so when, when, so your first gig out of college was snap. Is that right? Yeah. And it was, it was very random how I got there. Um, so I was a biweekly columnist in college and I wrote about, yeah, I wrote about whatever was on my mind. Um, each, I, I really, I wrote like every other, every other week, every two weeks. And in December of 2012, so this is at a time when Snapchat is, is just photos being sent back to each other. I wrote about how Snapchat was the next big thing, the phenomenon. And I really, for me, broke it down like philosophically of how I believe that it was pushing technology forward while bringing it back and making technological communication more like real life, more like a moment. And that's why it was important. Um, and at the time, all of the press that they were getting was more around sexting. And so Business Insider and San Francisco Chronicle picked up the story while simultaneously the, then it was a team of four or five. I, I got a snap. From the team and it was i it was an unknown snapchatter uh and i i you know i opened up this snap and it was just a picture of them being with a caption like thank you chloe you get us dash team snapchat and so then i just start snapping back and forth with this user and then i happened to be in la and at that point uh for new year's eve and i i was not thinking I was going into tech. My background is in creative writing and film. And I, yeah, I was not, not expecting to be in tech. And I really just wanted to meet them to, to just like learn more. Cause I really, I was obsessed with Snapchat in a very uh, deep way. And I met them and we, we talked and we hung out as the, the team. And then when Evan, the CEO, drove me home, he was kind of like, I don't know what you're going to do, but you get this. Do you want to come work here when you graduate? And I said, yes. And that's how I wrapped up in Snapchat. And that is uh, how more life stories need to happen. Of It's amazing how that works. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, also, I love that you got a job offer on like a ride home. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that fully wraps up the circle. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it's like a funny story, but like, it was also very anxiety inducing because I also didn't get like a contract before for like a week before I actually started. And so all like the people in college had like, you know, they were a lot of people were going into like finance and they had like signing bonuses. And like, I'm like, I think I'm working at some job, but like, I yeah. don't have an actual contract. And then now like in being in a startup environment, I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't write a contract up either. <laughs> well, I was, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, the fact that you got it a week before you started for a startup, that's actually pretty timely. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, that's amazing. Um, so, and, and because the premise of uh, Yoni Circle is so, such around like women, um, I, I hope this is an appropriate question, but when you joined and not necessarily specific to Snapchat and don't want to open up any can of worms that you don't want to talk about. But do you feel like you were respected as a female in tech in that? Because this was when you first started, right? Seven years ago, I think you said. So do you feel like that was an area that you were like respected? Do you, do you feel like you had some struggles in that? I mean, obviously, whatever you're comfortable sharing, but I'd love to hear kind of your experience of that. Yeah, um, I, 
I definitely felt like I was respected when I joined. Um, it was, you know, it, it was more guys, but I think, I think when I joined Snapchat, it was still like a little, you know, we were all out of college and we were all kind of in it together and maybe it's naive, but I, I definitely felt respected and, and all of that. I do think that there were some challenges that I faced as the company grew, um, but I think, and I think that all tech companies face that. And I think it had a lot more to do with the hierarchy that started to form and who were being put in those seats and maybe where they came from and the company culture they brought with them. Um, but I mean, in the very beginning, it was a very flat structure and I, I didn't think twice about being a woman. Um, I think I will say like later, I think that um, I did. And I don't think that, you know, is maybe everyone's experience while working at Snap or in tech, but there, there are experiences and it's a part of the work that I think all companies need to do. And I know that Snap is doing this to just really focus on equity and what equity means. Like it's not just a number, it's how meetings are run. It's really extracting the unconscious biases that we inevitably hold. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's a good word. Um, I asked number one, um, I spend a lot of my day talking to, um, you know, chief diversity officers or talent mm -hmm. inclusion officers and hear both horror stories and success stories. And obviously it's, it's like a remarkably important topic that's really raised, I think a lot of attention in the last year or two, which is a wonderful thing. Um, I also asked kind of selfishly because I'm the CEO of a small tech company and, <laughs> you know, how to, uh, one, be a man that has, you know, all like creates remarkably good opportunities for people of all backgrounds, but how to do so respectfully and make, you know, both women and men feel comfortable. And just anyways, that whole experience. So all, all that to say, um, yeah, that's, that's just, that's a good word. I, um, when you transitioned out, did you, or I guess more, more so like you being in working at Snap, did you have the aspiration that you wanted to launch your own business or was this totally out? Like, have you always wanted to, is this totally out of blue or what, what was kind of the original inspiration to, to launching something? Yeah, I think that I don't think I left I didn't leave college and join Snap thinking that I was going to be an entrepreneur. Um, but I think the mix of, you know, not only building the R story product, but also just being in that startup environment, it's it's addicting. It's like I, I you know, not for everyone, but it's so it is so fun to build. And I also got this luxury of not only getting to build, but getting to build help build something that a lot of people used um, and hopefully brought joy into their life. So I would say when I really, I definitely, you know, knew that I wanted to start a company before I left Snap. Um, and then I, you know, it was just about, okay, now's the time, you know, you just got to jump. Um, but I would say it was really during that healing time. It was after the R Story product. And so, you know, for the next like year and a half, I was 
doing different creative projects, which, you know, I'm also so thankful for because I got to work with so many people that I, you know, I was so insular when creating the R Story product. And then all of a sudden I just got exposed to, you know, working with people from Hearst and, you know, someone that I'm now working with on Yoni Circle, um, working with people like in, you know, Time Magazine, just all over the place. And it was really great. Um, and it was during that time where I started to look at jobs and I started to just feel this isn't, this doesn't feel good. Like I, I don't, I don't want to go into like a Facebook or an Instagram. And so then I started to talk to kind of like similar sized startups. And for me, um, I didn't get that same feeling from the CEO that I got with Evan. I think Evan does have a, you know, specialness about him and even meeting him that day I met him there wasn't like a question in my mind that Snapchat was going to be huge. And, and I didn't see that in the people that I was meeting. And so I was kind of like, all right, I've got to, I've got to create my own thing. What is my own thing? And then just slowly over time, it, it started to form into this vision of this social wellness platform that heals and connects women and when I left, it took, so it took me a while to get there. So I left in November of 2017, really not knowing what I was going to do. I think I slept for two months after I quit, <laughs> like straight, just like slept. Sometimes, um, sometimes you just need to catch up on a few Z's. I get it. <laughs> I was like, why is my body so tired? Um, and then what I did is I just started to do, I started to build out an in-person community. So I started to test this idea of storytelling circles, which is the core of the Yoni Circle experience, which I was also pulling from. I learned this practice at Snap called Council, which is also a, a storytelling practice. And then I also, while I was at, in college, I was part of this group of it was a it was called secret society but it was essentially also a storytelling practice and then I also had my creative writing background so I was kind of like playing around with mixing mixing everything together into these events and so which are the storytelling circles and so they started once a month and then they grew to two times a week and I started to I was holding space for all of them and the host is called a salonier and as we grew, I started to refine this script and refine like, you know, everything that needs to be done to create this safe space, to create the better stories and all of that. And I turned it into, you know, documents and training and I trained Slaniers. And once I trained Slaniers and I started to go to circles and not just host them, the app like pretty quickly clicked in my mind. And then I just, I started to design it. And ultimately I reached out to, an engine, an early engineer at Snap, and he came on and he built out the app for for Equity, which led to a pre-seed fundraise and helped us get it launched. The MVP of it launched this past April, so April 2020. Uh, amazing time to launch a business. Yeah, right? <laughs> well done, well done. Um, I, I I I was just thinking about this question. Would you say by default you are a marketing focused person? A like if you were to sit in the ivory tower and spend all your days doing exactly what you want to be doing, would you say that's like being a creative? Would you say that's like being a marketer? What would you say kind of is like the the the, the DNA of kind of where your mind typically gravitates towards? 
I would say creative and brand. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where where I have the most joy and fun and stories. I just, I really love, but I think that's for, you know, I've positioned myself to storytelling and thinking about stories and, and how they can be used both as like really used as a medicine in a way it's like a part of the creative and it's a part of the product. Yeah. So good. Um, one last question. Well, I hope one last question about Snapchat. Um, (laughs) do you have a favorite snap? Whether you sent it, you received it, or you just happened to see it. Mm. This no, is one of like I don't do a bunch of pre, like, as you know, on my interview, I don't do a bunch of like, here's all the questions I'm going to ask. This is one that I probably should have. Give you some time <laughs> to think about it. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, so I don't, full disclosure, I don't really use Snapchat anymore. Um but back in the heyday, I don't know. I just loved uh, Snapchat was the best for me because it was those raw, intimate moments that someone was just expressing what was happening right now, what their mood was, and and then it was gone. And so I, I don't like have a I like as you ask that question, I just like flip through my mind of all the really like ugly faces of friends that I I saw during oh, yeah. <laughs> during the time that like. I would wake up with 50 snaps um, in the morning and just like slowly go through them and, and just get to see all these, what these people's faces were and what they were up to in their life. And I think I'm, yeah, the beauty of Snapchat for me, especially at the time was it captured the beauty and the mundane and it wasn't about the pretty picture or the filter. It was just about life. Um, And that's what, that's what really drew me into the product and the vision. If you don't have a blackmail photo of your best friends doing the triple chin photo, I don't know. (laughs) You're just not doing it right. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, so you're now uh, went from being an early stage employee to a a, a massive company to, you know, being a founder yourself. And, you know, I'd love for you just, I mean, just give you an opportunity to, you know, share the story, kind of the lead up, obviously you've, you've kind of a little bit already, but a little bit more in detail on, you know, Yoni Circle and everything that you're doing there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll just start with like what the product is. Cause I think kind of shared of how I, how I got here, but so with Yoni, the core, so we're an app, we're iOS only. Um, but we are also really a community. There is an application process to get onto our app. It is truly a membership-based community. Though it's currently free, we we are monetizing in the next few months and it will be all membership-based. And that's really to create safety because you know the interactions that you have in Yoni are, are quite deep and vulnerable. So the core of the experience is the storytelling circle. So Storytelling circles are an hour long, so you kind of sign up for them maybe a day before, a week before. I know some of our members like to like go in the first of the month and you know sign up for two to three every week and get them all signed up. Um, but so it's an hour experience and kind of so you understand like who you might be joining with. Our membership base is across over a thousand cities and 85 countries worldwide. So it's quite diverse. Um, it's quite diverse in countries and race and, and industries and really the type of woman that is is becoming a member. I think the core between everyone is that 
they're really someone who's focused on personal growth and is curious, curious to learn more about themselves and the world around them. And so it's an, like I said, and it's an hour long, it's run by a host called a Salonier. Saloniers start as community members, then they can apply to be a Salonier and they're trained by us. And so the circle opens up with six minutes of a group chat based messaging, just kind of getting you in, warming you up, meeting the other women in your circle. And they do something called a rose thorn bud. So you take a selfie photo of yourself and then you write your rose, which is your highlight of your day, your thorn, but not so good part and bud what you're looking forward to just a little fun. Um, and then we open up to the video chat experience. So the video chat experience is 54 minutes long. And the rules of the experience are to listen and speak from the heart only speak when you have the talking piece. If you resonate with what someone's saying, we do snaps or there's an in-app snap button. And then next is to take the stories with you, leave the names behind. We take confidentiality seriously. And then lastly is to speak succinctly. And we really go with the ethos of, you know, working to leave, leave your ego at the door and understand that our differences are our magic and really practice self-awareness both while you're listening and while you're speaking. And so it starts with an intro round where members share their name, where they live, what they do for work and or what they're passionate about, and then what's on their mind or in their heart. And then the next phase, which is the longest part and the core of the experience is the storytelling round. So the Slani Air will bring everyone through a really quick breathing exercise to get you out of your head and into your heart, and then she'll give a story prompt. Uh, the way the story prompts work is they start macro and they go micro. So she start, she'll start by saying something like, today we're telling stories around risk or stories around perseverance or stories around letting go. And then she'll let that sit with you. And then she'll start to give you what we call micro prompts. So she's giving you ideas of what a story on risk could look like. So she might say things like, it could be a time that you moved away from family or loved ones. It could be a time that you, you know, switched careers. Um, it could be a time that, you know, I, you get the point. Um, hey, she'll do it better than I just did it. Um, and really it just becomes a circle of stories and you can always pass the talking piece. Um, we'll pass it back to you in the end, or it's perfectly fine to be an active listener. And then we moved to the witness round and the witness round, everyone just shares one or two sentences on what you witnessed. So it could be a pattern you saw between the stories. It could be a line that really resonated with you, a general realization you had. The only rule is that it's not a time for advice. And then we wrap up and the, you know, what you're really left with and, and what is kind of like, obviously my core for where I came from is that feeling that you are not alone, that you are not alone in your story because it's so hard to listen to these stories and not see yourself in everyone no matter who they are. So that's kind of like the really important piece that you're left with. And then depending on the circle and, you know, some circles are filled with like out like laughter. Some, you might be crying a little bit. Some are more neutral. Uh, you might broaden your perspectives. You might build empathy. Uh, you might just create more self-awareness in yourself, all these things. Um, and so that's the circle experience and that's really the core. And then kind of what we're starting to get into is, so since October of last year, you could then start to record the stories that you tell in Circle. So they can live on your profile either 
private to just be more introspective and remember about the stories that you told or public and they're on your profile and public facing. And so this past December, we started to curate the public facing stories, very, very similar to our story. Um, but yeah, we started to curate these public facing stories. So they're just more highlighted in the community. And we're finding that the community's really connecting to it. And these stories are, are very wonderful. And I think for new members, it really helps them have a better idea of what a circle experience is like and be more confident to actually join their first circle. Yeah, I love that. That's so, I mean, do you, do you often like, do you guys have any predetermination of the pairings? Like of who's, you may have said this at the beginning, but like ultimately who's a part of a group? Do you guys have any say uh, over how that goes or is it all pretty much random? It's all random at this point. Um, I, I, I honestly get asked that question so much, but yeah, it's just random. It's much more like you're signing up for a yoga class. So it's more yeah. on the members, you know, what Solani air she really likes and what times work for her. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and I mean, if you have if you have one sound, I'm not going to limit you to one. But if you had like one big soundbite goal that you you could accomplish with this, whether it fails tomorrow or becomes you know the next biggest thing, what ultimately would you feel good about if you accomplished with this whole thing? Just that everyone that connects with the platform is feels lighter and whatever that means to them, and that it. It allows them to be more of their authentic self because I think the more that each of us are our most authentic self, our most unique version of self, the better the world will be. Huh. It's it's so good to hear you say that because I am just I mean we talked about this a little bit beforehand, but I'm so very convinced that people people are spending so much time trying to be somebody they want others to think they are when we're just all so much better as we are. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're, it's like more calm. I think the, even if I think of my own journey and I'm still trying to like come into myself and not care what other people think, but the more that I've like found myself, the less anxiety I have, the more it's just like fun to live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is, that's, I mean, that I think that last statement is like, goofy and funny as it is. It's so true. It's just like when you're just yourself, you're not looking over your shoulder. You're not remembering what you said or what you thought you said or what you hope you said, but you're just like, you know what? Good, bad, or indifferent. I was exactly who I wanted to be and I'm having fun. So if nobody else is, that's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, in your uh, lady that didn't want to start in tech now has gotten mm -hmm. into tech and obviously shaking things up from one company and launching her own, you know, do you have a vision of, of what you want your career to be? Do you feel like you're living it now? Do you feel like you have got a lot left in the tank to do like what you're doing now or what's kind of ultimately like if you were to continue down the path, I mean, yeah, is this, is this exactly what you want to be doing? I think so. Um, I, I don't have complaints and I, you know, <laughs> have a long way to go to meet the Yoni Circle vision, um, for sure. Well, um, I mean, it, it, give yourself a little grace. You kind of took a big apple to take a bite out of, so congrats. That's very true. That's very true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really, I think it, it's also really interesting 
I think my relationship to technology because when I left Snap, although right when I left or, you know, before I left, I did have these inklings of, I want to create a tech platform. In that year, I really pulled away from it. I really questioned, I mean, you know, it's, it's very, you know, there is a lot of sense in the world and a lot of truth to that, of that social media is, is not good for us. Um, and so I think there was like a part of me that really wanted to also pull away from tech. And I remember started to like, I started to look into like in-person locations to grow the community. And I, and I, I, it's kind of that moment of like, I was not finding joy. Like I was not finding joy. I was like trying to talk to like these, you know, leasing agents and restauranteurs and like trying to understand this whole business. I was like, Chloe, what are you doing? You know, tech. And it, I think over time, I really kind of transitioned and I'm also excited about a lot of the other tech entrepreneurs and like founders that I've met of really kind of rethinking like, you know, how, what is this next generation of technology, of social media? How can we learn from the past to make sure that we're really using as a tech in all the good ways and being a lot more conscious of the ways that it can go bad for for people and humanity so uh i i am very excited to to be in this world and i i have a lot of i i, I just love it i love working with i've gotten a lot more comfortable with like tech and engineering and all that side of things that i like love i just love building things and it's so fun so I think this is where I am for a bit and maybe in like 20 years, I, I'll be a novelist. That's always been my, my true dream. (laughs) I love that. What's uh, if, if you were to, if you were to go down the JK Rowling path, what would be, do you have like a genre or do you have, what, 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 what's, what's the brief novel about? What would you love to write? Oh yeah. I mean, I've actually already written two novels. I was about to say, I know, I know you already have. I I, I know even if you haven't released it, I know it's there. They exist. They're there. One was my senior thesis and that's like, trash and then one I wrote uh while I was at snap but my genre is magical realism and the last one I wrote that I might if I ever have time re-sculpt a bit is the yeah the kind of like theme of it or you know overview are basically it it reimagines a world in Venice California where there are these mermaid bars that exist under the Venice canals and this whole like startup type situation that forms from the mermaid bars and kind of life that happens around it. Um, So yeah, I, I definitely like love to deal with magic, but magic that makes you question this kind of exists (laughs) like this, this could exist. So that's, that's what I like to, to write about <laughs> when you daydream do you daydream in uh in you know present form humanity or more in like magic terms uh both i i would say i um maybe you know daydreaming probably more reality but like definitely dreaming is is full of magic and you know i i do believe in the art, you know, the the medicine of cannabis. And if I am high, I am completely looking at the entire room as of what what would make it more magical and, and what it could look like with, you know, floating candles everywhere and all of that. 
So I, I, I love magic very deeply. <laughs> I love no, sci-fi. It, it, it's amazing. I, 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 I'm fascinated by it. I, um, does your, does your stress levels limit your creativity? Mm, that's such a good question. Yes. Um, and I have to be a very careful and I have to be very careful of the way I, I product manage my time. Uh, I'm getting ready to, to fundraise right now. And huh. it, it does bring me a bit of stress. And I, it actually, like, I kind of started to like go in, not fully, just started to get the deck together and maybe talk to some people. And it, yeah, it, it definitely hurt my creativity. So that's why I was like, all right, I'm taking a break so I can like dive into this product sprint that we're doing and then come back. So it's something I have to be mindful of because yeah, my anxiety, if it spikes, I just, I'm just tired and the world doesn't look quite as, as magical. But then I, I, I attend a Yoni circle and I, I start to feel better. So I'm also creating a product that works for my own healing. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for that. I, you mentioned you were, you looked at my LinkedIn before this. I've, I launched a, uh, a side kind of a side hustle called the hopper popper and it's a toilet seat foot pedal razor. Mm. And I, I launched that solely because I didn't like touching toilets. Um, yes. <laughs> and so, so I, I'm a firm believer in solve your own problems. And typically yes. somebody else has that problem too. Um, uh, on the capital raise, uh, not an expert, but I've been through a few rounds myself and that will take the creative juices out of anybody. And yeah. there's seasons where you just kind of have to get through it and, Try not to drink yourself to sleep or, you know, try to get some sleep, whatever. Um, but it's, you know, it's a wonderful thing to go through, um, both good and bad. Uh, one, I, I've, I've been in this weird kick. I don't know if you can relate to this all. Maybe not. But I've been through this weird creative kick of like in seasons where I'm super, super, super stressed. I typically am awake from like one till like four in the morning and it's miserable. It sucks. It's like can't sleep, rolling over, just mind wandering. And I mean, tried everything you can imagine healthy and unhealthy. But what I found myself doing actually is actually like just going outside and taking a walk, no matter what the temperature is. And I've, I've found that that is one of the times I'm the most creative of like that very short window that exists in my seasons of most stress. And that's like, I've started writing a lot more. I've started to like just let my mind kind of wander and it's been a kind of a diamond in the rough discovery. So I, I like completely resonate with that. I go on walks a lot, a lot, a lot, especially I think transitioning from LA to New York where in LA, I kind of like, you know, had big windows. I felt like the fresh air kind of coming in and yeah, I walk probably like four times a day and it doesn't have to be long. You know, it's just sort of like I get out, I walk around. If I'm if I'm dealing, especially if I'm dealing with like writing something or I'm like thinking or I'm thinking through a product and I just feel stuck, I just go take a walk and it starts to to flow. Um, I do not have a, I also, uh, I think I went to bed at four last night. I, you know, you stop looking at the time at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't sleep great. And so I have my week. I'm I've been very, very conscious lately of, of what is going into my body. I, I mean, I've quit drink. I don't drink alcohol really anymore, but I've just been like just 
very focused on what's going into my body. And like, I have a very long acupuncture appointment this weekend. I'm just like, help me sleep like a normal person. Because oh, it's I'm... not like anything construct. Like, I mean, I like to think I, I am coming up with good ideas at those hours. And I do like retain them. And I start the day being like, these are all the things I thought up in the middle of the night. But like, I don't think it's particularly healthy. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And sleep has been something that's been whacked up and alcohol definitely is uh, affecting. I mean, even, even healthy forms of mod, totally, you know, totally. Is, is something that's whack. Yeah. And so I've, I've, I've started to cut that out as much as I can too. So I'm with you, but I love that. So we could, we could riff and we could write yeah. on this topic for probably. Very, very similar. Yeah. Very. I, I could, when you were saying that, I was like, yes, yes. That was my night last night. And then as a matter of fact, I should have called you because we both were up. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so Chloe, what, I mean, you are doing some amazing work for, for women and, not only something that sounds like, you know, trying to solve a problem that affects you that you've discovered that also affects many, many, many other women. But one of the premise for this podcast is all around what is it that gets people out of bed in the morning? And the whole idea is, I think so many people come from so many different walks of life and there's so many just awesome people doing amazing things. And it, my goal with this show is to provide a wide range of people just living awesome, cool lives, doing amazing things. And you're included in that. And um, hearing what is it that drives them, I think ultimately is one of my favorite things. And I think that starts with literally what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, Yoni Circle gets me out of bed in the morning. And I think, I think the ethos that's always stuck with me as a person and a creative is this idea of leave the world better than you found it or leave like a space better than you found it and do your part in that. And I don't know, it's really little as I had this very intense volleyball coach when I was in high school and she would just drill it into us. Like you always leave the court better than you found it. You always leave everything you do better than you found it. And I think that I take that with me is like, I try to be a, a better person person every day than I was the last day. I'm, you know, very much on my own healing journey and understanding myself and the world around me. And uh, yeah, I, I just hope that any, both like how I build, the way that our, our team works, the culture that we're creating is, is just like a little bit like for better than I experienced in the past and like better then I, I found things and, and then hopefully it will just keep getting better the more we keep building off of that. That's so good. That's so good. Um, for people that want to hear more about uh, Yoni and just learn more about you or connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So our app is just Yoni, Y-O-N-I circle. And that's in, you can only get an iOS right now and we'll be on web in the next Three to six months, probably closer to six months. And um, end of Q3, like every other day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to tell you what year it is, but it's the end of Q3. Exactly. Um, and then on Instagram, we're Yoni underscore circle. 
And yeah, then um, those are kind of, I think that's like enough to, to find us and you can message us there if you have any questions about me or the app. And I, I hope that if you do resonate with what, um, you know, me and Matt have talked about and Yoni Circle that you, you try us out and I get to, to sit in a, a circle with you soon. Love that. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so delightful and really fun. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su- subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well, too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.